1: Bienvenidos, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Ring Talk Live Worldwide, your inside look into the world of boxing and mixed martial arts. Yes, my name is Pedro Fernandez. I am the reigning, defending, undisputed heavyweight champion of the Radio Airways folks having defended that title off for better than 29 years and straight up today, we're talking boxing for the first hour on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. And then we switch to MMA, UFC Fight Night last night from Brazil. An exciting main event, an exciting card. We'll talk with Kyle Kingsbury, the UFC light heavyweight. And hour number two right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. If you'd like to join us on the toll-free, feel free. 1-800-878-7529. That's one 800 878 Seven five two nine. HBO had championship boxing last night, and it was uh it was somewhat predictable. Listen, a lot of HBO cards of late are predictable. That's what's sort of making it good that Showtime is now in the mix. Showtime has is competition. You know, without competition, you sort of get stale at the top there. And I think HBO got stale over the years. Plus, the fact they let Larry Merchant go, they've shifted Harold Letterman away from the boxing after dark cards and brought in Steve Weisfield, things like that. I think they're trying to bring new blood into the, the, the broadcast team. If they want to do that, fine. Get rid of Jim Lampley. <laughs> You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside look into the world of boxing and mixed martial arts. 1-800-878-7529. That's one eight hundred eight seven eight seven five two nine. 878 7529 You are tuned to the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, the iHeart Radio Network, and the American Forces Network.
2: At the Attitude Dance.
4: 800-480-5708 You've always strived to make the best choices, and Right Aid is here to help you keep making the best choices by giving you the information you need to choose the right Medicare Part D prescription plan coverage. During a free review of your Medicare Part D options with your pharmacist, get information about available plans. So you can pick the plan with the best value based on your Rite Aid prescriptions and avoid the possibility of overpaying as plans and options can change year to year. And another Rite Aid benefit, Wellness 65 Plus. Members get 20% off the first Wednesday of every month on almost everything in the store. Enroll free in Wellness 65 Plus at Rite Aid today for a free review of your Medicare Part D prescription plan options. Certain limitations apply prescriptions and certain non-prescription items are not eligible for the 20% discount. See your local Rite Aid store or RiteAid.com
2: for details. Boxing is an unnatural act because everything in it is backwards. You want to move to the left. You don't step left. You push on the right toe. To move right, you use your left toe. Instead of running from the pain, like a sane person would do, you step into it.
1: Check it, 12 and a half minutes past the hour. This is the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, and that is Tower of Power, the house band. Of course, you can check out Tower of Power at TowerofPower.com. You are tuned to the longest-running fight show in history, Ring Talk, live worldwide, of course, Want to mention the website, ringtalk.com. Of course, you can be to this show via the website right now live. You can listen to prior podcasts on the website at ringtalk.com. Different articles. We've got the wrap-up in the world of MMA, the wrap-up in the world of boxing, the boxing odds and prediction for the weekend. We've got recent shows. We've got it all going on. You've got to check out the website. Find out. Ringtalk.com. That's R-I-N-G-T-A-L-K, ringtalk.com. Well, Mikey Garcia. Oxnard, California, Mexican American fighter, good-looking kid, now 30 years old, went to 33 and 0. Grabbed knockout number 28 when he stopped Romo Martinez. Romo Martinez, a very sturdy uh, Puerto Rican, though he looked frail. I mean, he just didn't look like he had the body to take much, but he took a decent amount of punishment last night, and he fight didn't make, he didn't make it to the end. Obviously, I mean, Mikey Garcia grabbed him the KO here, but you, you've got to give Martinez some uh, some credit. Now 27 and one. A couple of draws and 17 KOs. I mean, 27 and two. A couple of draws, and you just got to give him some credit because he was in there against a fighter that was better than him, and it was pretty obvious from the start. Even though he dropped Mikey Garcia in the round and round number two, um, that was a bit of a flash knockdown, and that sort of makes me question Garcia's ability to take a punch because the punch wasn't flush and it wasn't high. It wasn't in the right spot. It was just like, like it just wasn't a very good punch for him to go down on a punch like that. It was just very surprising to me, but. The real fight on the card was the undercard fight between Nonito Donaire and Victor Archenian. Six years in the making, of course, the rematch, July seven, two thousand and seven. Donaire knocking, Ardar into another uh, time zone, and, and, and with doing that, sort of he sort of put himself on the pound for pound list. He sort of stayed there until he lost to Guillermo Rigondeaux in April of this year. But straight up, Donaire losing last night. Uh, on two of the scorecards, losing on my scorecard against Victor Archinian, but he stopped Archinian. I mean, he was he stopped him in the ninth round. It was a, it was a bit of a. Uh, how can I put this? It was size. It boiled down to size. One guy was just so much bigger than the other guy that eventually the younger guy, I mean, I mean, the younger, the smaller guy, got caught. And plus, you know, Vic's like thirty-seven years old now. He's seen better days, but so has Donaire. And for those of you saying that Donaire can compete at one hundred twenty-six, one hundred thirty pounds. I don't think so. He looked slow, he looked tentative. He couldn't pull the trigger last night. Uh yeah, well the eventuality was that 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 Victor Cheney got knocked out, but that's not really, you know, it's, it's how he got there. It's how he got there. And Donera didn't have a smooth ride to that TKO win. He just didn't, okay? He was rattled a few times and he just looked discombobulated. Didn't look like he didn't look like he was into the fight 100% emotionally. He was there physically, and he was trying to get his body to do things. But like I say, you know, guys get old; they can't pull the trigger. It happens in one night, and I wrote about it yesterday at ringtalk.com I wrote about the the fact that a fighter can look stellar on one evening, and then you know, the very next the very next fight, he look like done. He stick a fork in him; can't fight anymore. Just can't do it. That's the way professional athletes are. Baseball players, you see a decline in their average and not hitting home runs and things like that. Boxers. It's a little bit more apparent. You can see it on their face. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing and mixed martial arts. So Donaire moves on to a potential payday with somebody because that's what he's got to be looking for a payday. He's not looking for any championships. He's not looking to excel at 126, 130 pounds. It ain't going to happen. Okay, it's not going to happen. Put him in the ring with Mikey Garcia, and Garcia chops him in half. Okay, straight up at 130 pounds. That's where Donair says he eventually wants to go. And he says he can make 130 and fight 130 right now. Although last night he weighed in like 125 and three quarters. And uh, the much smaller Darchinian, a judo guy who got beaten up by the in the dojo by uh by round by Ronda Rousey a few months back. People don't want to talk about that. But Vic's 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 a rough dude. I mean, he is, and he's colorful and. You know, boxing needs a lot of guys like him. Unfortunately there aren't a lot of guys like guys that come to fight each night. And guess what? He was headed to victory last night before being caught. Props to uh Donair for being able to catch his man and coming from behind and winning. But you know, it was it was like it was pretty predictable. I mean the size difference between the two guys, just look at the size difference, folks. We're not talking just height. We're talking about body mass and all that kind of good stuff. Victor Archenian, a natural 115-pounder. Donaire, a natural 122-pounder. Yes, there is difference in seven pounds. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing and mixed martial arts. Okay, now we turn now we turn to the sadness, okay? Magomed Abdusolav was a undefeated heavyweight before he met Mike Perez last week on HBO. I mean, he was like, man, or Showtime. He was like, what, 18... 18-0 with 18 knockouts. Nobody had been out of, like, the first, second, or third round. I mean, the guy was murdering people, okay? But in the first round, Perez caught him with some good shots and might have broke his jaw early on. So the kid had a broken jaw. He had a broken hand. He had uh, he had some eye issues. He had a broken nose, okay? And the corner kept continuing to send him out round after round. And he was getting licked. I mean, he was getting licked like a stamp. He was getting hit hard. Yes, he was landing a few shots in return, but the shots he was landing in return were not having the, the effect that they would need to have to be a few shots. Okay? The bottom line was Perez was was all over him. I'm mean, just all over him, just banging on him and then banging on him hard. Perez was doing it in a very, very relaxed tone. Perez now twenty no, I believe eighteen KOs. Um a good looking fighter from uh from Cuba. But Abdusalov is now in a a, a a a medically induced coma. They took part of his skull away and he's got some issues he had a stroke during surgery i mean the, the kid's just not in good shape and i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to put the blame where it belongs here okay it belongs on a bunch of people's shoulders first of all the new york state athletic commission should look into all of the officials involved in the fight i'm talking about my good friend and i hate to say this on the radio and it hurts me to say it but Benji Estevez, he was a referee i could see that uh magomed's jaw was distorted and swelling swelling and could have been broke as early as the first or second round. He was having problems with his mouth. Okay, I mean you could see that in the corner, and that was on TV. Okay, so Benji didn't go to didn't didn't. Not only Benji did his job, because Benji had done his job, he would have called the doctor into the ring. See, then you put the onus and the responsibility on the doctor, because that's what he is. That's he's a medical professional. Hey, doc, come take a look at this guy. He doesn't look too good, you know. Ends up having like I said, a broken hand, broken nose, broken foot, uh, uh, broke. Oh my, it's amazing. It's just amazing. And they wanted this guy to go out and continue, his corner did, and to continue to fight. He made it 10 rounds. He collapsed after the fight. Okay. And now he's in a New York City hospital looking at, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of medical bills. Okay. Which I hope the New York State Athletic Commission is going to cover. But the commission. They aired here. Their, their their doctor wasn't on his stick. The doctor should have been up there. I could see the difficulties the kid was having on TV. And I'm like 3,000 miles away. And I'm yelling, you know, you guys need to stop this fight after about the sixth or seventh round. You really do. I mean, the writing is on the wall. I mean, what do you have to do? Do you have to spell out every letter for somebody to see what's going on? I mean, the guy's t- it's he's taken a terrific beating. His face is swollen. He's got a broken hand that we don't know about. The coroner's not saying anything, and the coroner has the audacity to send him out round after round like that. Those guys should, listen, if this kid dies, okay, if he dies, Mago Man, they call him Mago for short. If he was to pass away from these injuries, I think the coroner should be indicted for involuntary manslaughter. They set their guy up, if he dies, to be killed, okay, and they maybe they didn't intend to. But that was the results of their actions. They kept sending this beaten man out round after round after round. And you know what? You can't do that. You, I mean, the body language on the guy, he was just so bad. He was having problems breathing. He, you know, his jaw was swollen. It looked like his the, the left side of his jaw was broke. As it turns out, it was. Okay? You know, if you've been around boxing a while, you can sort of spot about a broken jaw. When a guy's not, you know, when a guy's not, and you look at him in the corner, the guy's not taking care of business. Uh, he's having problems. They're talking about his jaw. He's pointing to his jaw, this and that. You know, he's got some problems. Call the doctor up. Benji, call the doctor up. You didn't call the doctor up, Benji. Shame on you. You know, shame on the doctor for not getting involved. And most of all, shame on that corner. Like I said, involuntary manslaughter is what they should be charged with if this young man dies. And you know what? And people say to me, Oh, Pedro, come on. It was just, no, no, just incompetence. It wasn't just incompetence. This is somebody's lives. Somebody's life was on the line is on the line was on the line. Every time you put a fighter in a fight that listen outside of having a gun and shooting at people when I was a San Francisco policeman. Okay. Outside of that, the heaviest responsibility I've ever felt is when I've worked a corner and I've had a kid fighting. You know why? Because anything could happen, and, it's, and and you realize that this is a fight. Anything could happen. Good Lord, I mean, the mo- the absolute worst thing could happen. We, you could have a ring fatality, and I've seen a few of those in my time, live and in person. They're not very pretty. After you see the first one, uh, they don't get any easier after that. Okay, but the responsibility of being a corner man for a young kid, I had. I worked with a lot of young kids, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, twenty. You know, and, and, and I felt this this incredible amount of responsibility there in that corner. Obviously, these professional cornermen that were working Mago's corner weren't feeling that way. They were saying, "You know what, Klitschko's here, looking to have a future opponent. Uh, maybe we can win this fight and and uh, and be Klitschko's future guy and make millions of dollars." And of course, the cornermen would make a lot of money as well. Okay, so they were compelled to keep the fight going from a monetary p- point of view. At, at least that's my opinion okay because he wasn't in the fight and when you're not in the fight and you're a heavyweight and you're getting clipped the way he's getting clipped you got to stop things i mean carnage is one thing boxing's another you are tuned to ring talk live worldwide this is the sports byline broadcast network
5: Now an important message from LifeWatch.
4: I'm worried about my mom. She lives alone. What if she falls and can't get up? What if she has a heart attack or stroke and is unable to get to the phone? What would she do?
5: Well, haven't you heard about LifeWatch? LifeWatch? LifeWatch, the emergency response system. My mom has it and she loves it. Just by pressing a button on her pendant, she can speak hands-free to LifeWatch's care center. They notify emergency services as well as family and friends. Help arrives in minutes.
4: LifeWatch sounds like the perfect solution, but it must be expensive.
5: No, it's less than a dollar a day. For a free brochure as well as information on the new mobile help button, call 1-800-900-4114. That's 1-800-900-4114. Act now before an emergency occurs. 1-800-900-4114. Switchovers are always
3: welcome. sixty four. Studies show that as many as 90% of Americans are deficient in vitamin D, making it one of the most common health concerns in the world. But all of that is about to change because now there's Bio-D Supreme, the absorbable vitamin D. This unique vitamin D spray quickly and easily provides a therapeutic level of vitamin D you need every day. Just a few sprays a day delivers 5,000 IU of vitamin D, the same amount recommended by doctors. Traditional vitamin D pills can lose up to 90% of their potency as they pass through our system, but Bio-D. D Supreme uses amazing new oral spray technology with a fully optimized blend of vitamin D and all the key cofactors so you get the vitamin D you need absorbed into your bloodstream in just seconds. Stop wasting your money on pills and get the spray. Call now and find out how to get your free 30-day bonus supply of BioD Supreme.
4: Call 1-800-709-7805. That's 800-709-7805. Again, 800-709-7805.
3: Call now.
2: Come on, sit down. Yeah. The fight's about to start. Wow. Uh, you want a cold beer? Hey, that would be nice. Yeah. Uh, would you mind getting us a cup of beer, son? Hey, Grady, why don't you try some of these uh, horse divers? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lamont, hurry up. The fight's about to start. Who's fighting, Fred? Do you know? Yeah, Indian Joe Roach and a Mexican fella named, uh, fella named Jesus Alvarez. Hey, Carl, that's pronounced Jesus. Same way Jesus fell, I know, but you don't say it that way. Well, you know he's going to be a fighter. Why they name him Jesus? <laughs> How did his parents know when he was born that he was going to be a fighter? Yeah, Fred, maybe they thought he was going to be a carpenter. <laughs> mm, look at that left hook. I bet you want a no hair growing that spot again. Get up, broach. Get up before he step on you. glass
0: one time and threw it at him and broke all his teeth. <laughs> Greedy, how could she break
2: all of his teeth? His teeth were in the glass. Now more of ring talk with Pedro Fernandez. Ma'am, that's a groom. Open all those
1: I got to groove. This is that funky bass, Mr. Rocco Pristilla. I- Often imitated, but never duplicated. That band, the entire band, Tower of Power. But Rocco's in the uh, on the disabled list. He's about to get a kidney transplant, looking for a kidney donor as I speak, so I think they've got Ray McKinley in there playing bass for him. All the best to Rocco Brescia as far as getting well is concerned. And all the best to the people of the Philippines, man. They've been hit with a, a typhoon. Some weather just been, they call it like the biggest storm in the history of the world or something like that. So, you know, good Lord, if you can spend some money and drop some money in the... Philippine Red Cross or whoever that major organization is over there helping those poor people out, uh, I implore you to do so. Uh, speaking of Philippines, uh, Guillermo uh, Donito Lanier has talked about a rematch with Guillermo Rigano next. Yeah, I'll see that when I believe it. Now, what I wanted to get to, and I've talked about this on prior shows, and some of you might think I'm being a little bit redundant, but, you know, in the in the wake of this <coughs> Abdu-Sulaf, abdu Uh, injury last week, and the fact that he's in a coma and part of his skull has gone and this and that. I blame it on the gloves. I mean, I I, I just blame the corner, right? I just blame the corner, the referee, and the the medical doctor. But I think the gloves have to play some part in in the blame here, and I'll tell you why. Because gloves are big now, and gloves shouldn't be big. Boxing gloves were designed to protect the hand, not protect the fighter. When they did the Marcus of Queensberry things and went with, with gloves and rules and all that kind of good stuff, the gloves were to protect the hands, not protect the fighters. They weren't looking to protect anybody's chin or anything like that. It just wasn't happening, okay? So as boxing has evolved and gloves have gone from like 4 to 6 ounces and then 8 ounces and now 10 ounces, and some, people places, some places they want to use 12-ounce gloves and this and that. So, but what I can't figure out is, you know, why they will keep thinking bigger boxing gloves is the answer. The Nevada State Athletic Commission, after the death of Lavander Johnson, about... About seven or eight years ago, decided I think anybody over 135 pounds was gonna wear 10 ounce gloves because he had lost at 135 pounds wearing eight ounce gloves. So they figured, no, that was gonna be their answer. You know, they were just gonna make the gloves bigger. Well, by making the gloves bigger, all you're doing is creating more trauma. I'm talking about for the fighter himself, the fighter taking the blows. The fighters taking the blows, instead of getting clipped on the chin in the second round with a decent pair of gloves, say six or eight-ounce gloves, okay, say sixes in the smaller guys. Because you got guys fighting at 105 pounds, 108 pounds, wearing you know, eight-ounce gloves. And then you guys got, got guys like Vladimir Klitschko at 250 pounds wearing 10-ounce gloves. Do you really think that between 105 and 250 uh, that there should be that small, small a difference in glove size? I mean, come on. They got weight classes every four or five pounds sometimes, and I'm all for them. I believe in the junior weight classes. I believe a guy at 112 pounds is bigger than a guy at 108 pounds. I just do. I mean, I've seen it. Okay, I see it. So I I believe in these weight classes. Okay, but (sighs) something's got to be done with the gloves, and I think the answer is to come up with smaller gloves. I mean, Alexis Arguello, I think he told me he fought for for the title the first time with six-ounce gloves on. I think that's what he told me. And fighters take less punishment. See, they're getting hit less, and that's what's happening in boxing nowadays. Is that these fights are being drawn out? I mean, at the end of five or six rounds of the night, with Mike Perez, you know, winning pretty good. I mean, Mike Perez was on a roll. He wasn't breathing hard. He was looking good. He was relaxed. He's about as relaxed as you can get. And Mago, across the ring, has got a, a broken jaw, uh, a broken nose, a broken foot. I bet broken foot. A broken hand. Okay, he's in all kinds of difficulties. He's got brain issues going on at the same time, okay? And, you know, I don't think it would have happened with smaller gloves because I think Perez would have clipped him early on. The referee would have jumped in. He would have saw he was hurt, and the fight's over. See, there wouldn't be more knockouts, per se, and it might, it might result in a few more knockouts, but it wouldn't be more knockouts. What it would be was... It would uh, facilitate uh, endings that were more going to be just more, more, more distinct. Okay, it, it just ba boom, fights over, guys hurt, referee jumps in, stops the fight. That's the way fights should go. I mean, you're putting guys out there five, six, seven rounds, and the guy's taking a beating and taking a licking and this and that, folks. This is not good. This is not healthy. You know this. I mean, the person with common sense out there knows this. Okay, so why make a guy that's going to come in and take a good licking. Take one for twelve rounds. When he, you know, if he has smaller gloves on him, he'd probably be out of there in four or five. But the bigger the gloves, makes the makes the punch a little softer, spreads the punch, the uh, the uh, the power of the punch around, and doesn't make it distinct and direct. Okay, smaller gloves are the answer. And I've been saying this for a long time, especially in light of the Nevada State Athletic Commission. And there were, I think they did a test from 2001 to 2006, a five-year study, in which they tested both MMA fighters and boxers. And boxers ended up with an almost 22%, 21.2%, I believe, uh, concussion rate. A concussion is a brain bleed, is when your brain bleeds, okay? And it came up almost 21.2%. And then MMA, on the other hand, only had a 2.1% concussion factor. So look at it from that point of view. Something's wrong. OK, if these guys, 265 pounds, are hitting guys and people say, yeah, well, they don't hit with the same leverage as boxers. I got news for you. If some guy is hitting you and you're on the ground and you're 200, whether you're 150 pounds, doesn't matter. If you're hitting a guy that's prone and on the ground and hit, nothing's making his head, you know, his head's laying against the canvas. that Those, those are powerful shots. OK, I don't care what you say, but two percent of MMA fighters get concussions. I think that they're. It should tell the Nevada State Athletic Commission they need to knock down these, these gloves and bring them back to eights and sixes, okay? Eights for the big guys, sixes for the smaller guys. And you make maybe even, you can go four-ounce gloves as far as these guys, 105, 108 pounds is concerned. Have you seen these guys with 105, 108 pounds like I, Ivan Calderon, the former Puerto Rican champion who couldn't punch to begin with, but uh, fighting with, you know, these huge gloves? Come on, they're pillows. They can't knock anybody out. Michael Carbaugh and Humberto Gonzalez back in the early nineties, they fought with eights. Okay, somebody told me they fought with sixes, but I I've been told they fought with eights. Those were those were some hell of those were incredible wars, one hundred and eight pounds, especially the first one in uh in nineteen ninety three at the Las Vegas Hilton, I believe, one of the greatest fights I've ever seen when Carbaugh got up off the deck after what a left took. And of course, Humberto Gonzalez, the man that was undefeated until he ran into Laron, Rolando Pasqua, a Filipino, at the L.A. Forum. He was like a 25-to-1 favorite. Jack Fisk and I, the former uh, San Francisco boxing cro- uh, writer for the Chronicle, uh, for, Hall of Famer here in, in California at the World Boxing Hall of Fame and in Minnesota at the International Boxing Hall of Fame. He and I flew down to, uh, to Los Angeles to watch this fight. Humberto Gonzalez, we thought he was, he was like 38-0 no, with like 36 knockouts. He was a world champion, 108 pounds, and he quit. Got beat him. He like quit about the fifth round. So after that, from that point forward, he was no longer Humberto La Chiquita Gonzalez. He was Humberto La Chiquita Gonzalez. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing and mixed martial arts. 1-800-878-7529. That's 1-800-878-7529. This is the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, the iHeartRadio Network, and the American Forces Network.
5: waiting for settlement or annuity payments but need cash now stop waiting years for your money now you have a better choice we're novation and we'll pay a large lump sum of cash in exchange for settlement or annuity payments you get the upfront cash you need and let novation do the waiting call our toll-free assistance line right now and get our free dvd that explains in easy to understand terms how you can turn future settlement or annuity payments into cash at novation we've helped thousands of people improve their lives how by listening to to each customer with respect and tailoring a cash solution that met their individual needs. Let Novation help you too. Call now and get your free DVD rushed to you today. Our specialists are standing by awaiting your call. Call 800-541-0769. That's 800-541-0769. Again, call 800-541-0769. Simply call Novation toll-free at 800-541-0769 and get your money when you need it.
7: Or You simply don't have health insurance where you work and you need it. InSphere Insurance Solutions can help you. Our agents will help you find coverage you can afford. InSphere Insurance Solutions is an authorized agency in all 50 states, including the District of Columbia. Plans may not be available in all states. 800-614-1242. 800-614-1242. 800-614-1242. 800-614-1242 800-614-1242
1: I think that you win a lot of your fights, as well as in the ring, outside the ring as well. You psych people out, don't you, beforehand?
8: Well, this works. It don't really, You don't really psych them out. You really make them fight harder. It don't psych them out. You don't put fear in them. And that's the thing. It makes them fight too hard. It makes them anxious. They gotta get you. Like I told George, I said, okay, sucker, I'm backing up in the ropes, and I want you to take your best shots. And I just stood there, come on, show me something. Show me something, kid, you're not doing nothing. You're just a girl, look at you. You ain't got nothing. Come on, sucker, show me something. Show me something, sucker. And if you think, if you think I'm not telling the truth, watch the films. I talked to him to death, and I made him so angry. He just beat himself out. He was so tired, he was playing and just fall on the ropes. I said, man, this is the wrong place to get tired. <laughs> I say, you are in trouble. <laughs> They're not telling you your hands can't hear what your eyes can't see. You know I'm the greatest of all times. I tell him this when we get in clinches. That worries a man to beat him and talk to him, you understand? Do they talk back to you? No. Only one fellow talked back to me and that's Joe Frazier. I hit Joe Frazier with about 90 punches, if you remember the first fight. I hit him with everything. The man took a terrible beating. He wouldn't fall. I said, are you crazy? I hit him there. I said, you must be crazy. He said, yes, right. I'm crazy. Just kept <laughs> I'm crazy.
0: <laughs> now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
2: Like the guy says, you're going to eat lightning, and you're going to crack thunder.
1: Check it, 41 and a half minutes past the hour. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing this hour. The next hour, we'll be talking about mixed martial arts on many of these same sports byline broadcast network stations. You are tuned to the longest-running fight show in history, Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Looking at the upcoming schedule. Man, we are just a couple of weeks away from boxing Macau. Of course, Manny Pacquiao and Brandon Reels we'll get to that in just a little bit. And Zhu Schmink. The uh, Olympic <coughs> gold medalist, two-time Olympic gold medalist from Chinese, also on that card. He's in the semi-main event. He's a flyweight. Couldn't lick a stamp really if you wet his tongue. I'm sorry, he just can't fight that well. Larry Merchant's going over there, and Larry's like, you know, in with top rank now. And larrys not won't say he's shilling, but I'm just saying, you know, come on, man, the guy isn't that much. You know, I mean, you look at like, you know, Vasyl Lomachenko, the Olympic gold medalist. He's the real deal. That guy's the real deal. The Chinese guy, eh, probably not. Anyway, we'll get to the uh, Pacquiao-Rios fight in just a minute. But next week, Andre Ward, uh, Olympic gold medalist, the last Olympic gold medalist for the United States, of course, back in 2004. Won that in Athens, Greece, against incredible odds. I mean, he fought in a weight class he wasn't supposed to fight at. He was supposed to fight at 165. He fought at 178, so his friend Andre Durrell could fight at 165 pounds. I don't know if they flipped a coin or, or had some gentleman's agreement, but... Andre Ward went to 178 in order to let Andre Durrell fight at 165. And, of course, Durrell hasn't been that uh, – he's, he's had his issues, medical issues as a professional. But Andre Ward just on a roll, still undefeated now. I mean, he's cleaned up the super middleweight division. He's taking on La Bamba Rodriguez next week. Edwin Rodriguez Edwin Rodriguez can punch. But, you know, I mean, when you look at, <clears throat> at Andre Ward, he, he's a total package. I mean, he just is. I mean, he can punch a little bit. He can box real well. He takes a decent shot, okay? Um, He's got defensive skills that are mm, probably close to Floyd Mayweather. He doesn't get hit that often. He hasn't lost too many rounds as a professional, okay? He's got it going on, all right? Will he have it going on if he stepped up to 175 pounds? That's where his real challenges are. They're at 175 pounds. At 168, he's cleaned house. There's nobody left at 168. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do respect to Mr. Rodriguez next week, but I expect him to get you know lit up like a White House Christmas tree. I really do. Andre Ward, I expect to win. It'll be on HBO Championship Boxing next week, November the 16th. So the 23rd, as I said, we go back to Macau, a place that I sort of discovered as far as boxing was concerned, having done the first boxing card back there in 1994. There had been no boxing in Macau or in China since 1949. I did the first boxing card in 1993 called The Brawl at the Wall in Beijing, China. And that was a co-promotion of top-ranking Harold Smith Global Sports, I believe. And then, of course, we came back to Macau in 1994 and tried to do a card. And that didn't go over too well. But that was in September or October of 1994. And it it ended in a bit of a riot. The crowd went crazy. Uh, There were people throwing things in the ring. I grabbed the ring microphone and tried to settle the crowd down as I told John Shirley to take the ladies and get out of the arena because, I mean, it was getting ugly. It just was getting ugly, but Macau was more like a, it was sort of like Reno, or or Sparks, or something like that, compared to Las Vegas. I mean, yeah, there were gambling casinos there, but mm, they weren't very big ones, like the the Lisboa, the Lisboa. The most famous thing about the, the Lisboa casino and hotel was they had one area where you walk by, and you had to get a get get have a like sort of been been cool to get through this one door. But You get through this one door, and then you walk into a room with one way mirrors. And there's all these women on the other side of the mirrors with numbers on on themselves, and they're waving at you. They can't see you, but they're waving at you. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, bottom line is that was the hotel Lisboa. That was the biggest hotel in Macau at the time. Now Steve Wynn's got a place over there. They've got a uh, an arena that holds 15,000 people. I mean, a lot of money in Macau. Like like 10 times more money being gambled in Macau per year now than there is in Las Vegas. Okay. Vegas saw that coming. I mean, Steve Wynn did. He was smart enough to buy a big old place over there and uh, be the first guy to overdo this over in Macau. He was on top of it. He was smart. He was Because he realized, you know, I mean, why does a, an Asian gambler want to take like a 14-hour flight to go to Las Vegas when they could take a an hour flight or a 45-minute flight or drive or take a boat over to Macau? I mean, come on. It's a 15, 20-minute boat ride. You take the the helicoil. And it gets there even faster. Take a helicopter, which I refuse to do. It can even get there faster. The bottom line is location, location, location. Just like real estate, gambling's the same thing. And Asian people have a, pr- a propensity to gamble. I'm not being stereotypical there. I'm just telling the truth. It's in their blood. That's what one guy told me last week. It's in our blood. Okay? And Macau's doing 10 times, 7 to 10 times the business of Las Vegas. Incredible. Just is incredible. What's going to happen with Las Vegas? I mean, I see New York is... Got a uh, bill on the ballot to open casinos in their their state. I don't know if that passed this past week. They want to open casinos statewide. I think casinos being close to home is bad. I mean, back in the day, in the 60s and the 70s, in the 80s, um, my parents, if they wanted to gamble, my uncle was a gambler. He was an alcoholic and a gambler. Had several alcoholic uncles. Anyway, hard to say. Alcoholic uncles, several of them. Anyway, They all like to go gamble. They would all go to Reno or Tahoe, okay? And they would take a bus ride of like, you know, four hours to get there or a car ride of five hours to get there. But they would have to go out on their way to gamble. Now they can go gamble a couple of miles outside of the city in Coma, California, which used to be the boxing capital of the world, having fights like with with Jack Johnson and Jim Jeffries and Stanley Ketchell. I mean, big, big fights out there with 80,000, 100,000 people in the arenas. I kid you not. But Coma, California, hmm. Boxing history at one point in time, what can I say? Uh, but back to Andre Ward for just a second before I, before I go on to Macau. I think Andre Ward is one of the better fighters pound for pound in the world, probably number two to Floyd Mayweather right now, and I think he gets by Edwin Rodriguez very easily. Now, back to Macau, Mandy Pacquiao and Brandon Reels. Brandon Reels is in shape. He's coming to fight. He's, I wouldn't call him the most exciting fighter in the world, but, you know, he brings it. And when fighters bring it, things happen. Fireworks, you know, occur. They go off. I mean, there were explosions. I expect to be there to be explosions with Manny Pacquiao and Brandon Rios fight. I think Brandon's made for Manny Pacquiao. That's what a lot of people think that he stands right in front of Pacquiao, and I just think it's the bad, the bad choice for for Pacquiao. This is one instance in which myself and the talking head at HBO, Jim Lampley, agree that Brandon Rios is too much for Manny Pacquiao, especially coming back after a sleep inducing. Um, performance he had against Juan Manuel Marquez when Marquez put him to sleep. I mean, he, he, the ref, what did the referee count to? 4,455 before Manny woke up? Something like that. Okay. The bottom line is he was out. He was out cold. Fighters don't recover from that. People say to me, oh, well, Gene Fulmer did. Okay. Gene Fulmer did recover from that, that amazing one-punch knockout uh, at the hands of Sugar Ray Robinson. He did come back to win the world middleweight title. But he's, he's got Alzheimer's now, and his health is in, in terrible condition. OK, is, is that is that a fair trade? Is that really a fair trade? Is the to, How about Muhammad Ali, the greatest fighter in the history of the planet, according to some people? OK, I mean, the most prolific fighter in the history of boxing, the most prolific athlete probably in the history of sports. Worldwide, I know I've been with him in foreign foreign countries all over the world, I tell you, he's he's recognized everywhere else as he is here. OK, is the damage that he received? Is it really worth the entertainment value that we got out of it? Think about that. That's really the. That's when you think about combat sports, and you think about people like the greatest Muhammad Ali, you know, and and Bobby Chacon to a lesser degree, and guys that have the residual effects of professional boxing have taken an ugly toll on them. Okay, it's just not pretty. It's just not, and that's why I say Manny Pacquiao should have got out after the Juan Manuel Marquez fight because Brandon Reels is going to bring it, and Brandon Reels is going to hit him it's going to be one of these things is, you know, how can Manny Pacquiao respond to getting hit, especially on the chinninger? Because, you know, this isn't the first time he's been knocked out. He's been stopped twice before. Okay, very lightweight, 112, 107 pounds, something like that. But the bottom line is he has been stopped before, I think once on a body shot when he couldn't make weight for 112-pound WBC title fight. Okay, at the end of the day, Manny Pacquiao is still a flyweight. At the end of the day, Brandon Rios is a naturally bigger man. That's why I think Brandon Rios has got such a shot. Come November the twenty third slash November the twenty fourth, live from Macau on pay per view. Am I saying you should go out and buy this pay per view? It might be the end of Manny Pacquiao. If you're a Manny Pacquiao fan, I say go buy it. You know why? Because this might be this this might be it. Okay. Yeah, he's in good shape, both mentally and physically and emotionally. He Seems to have gotten over the KO by Marquez last year, but I don't think he. At least that's what he's saying, and I don't think he can. I think that's going to be forever on your mind. That's something that's etched in stone in your brain. You know, I mean, every time you wake up in the morning, you got to be thinking about getting knocked out. You have to. I mean, good Lord. The way, especially in the manner in which he was put to sleep, it was incredible. And it looks like Amir Khan will be the next opponent for Floyd Mayweather. Amir Khan, of course, the the prodigy from the U.K. of Pakistani descent, good-looking fighter at 140 pounds, going to fight Floyd Mayweather at 147, I believe. And that fight will probably take place in May. We're talking about Khan having a tune-up fight in December of 2013. I don't know if that's going to happen now. But if it does, more power to him. I think he's going to need all the uh, all the luck he can. He's got good skills. And, you know, the problem with Khan is his chin. He doesn't take a shot very well, sort of like a, got a glass jaw or a fragile chin. Well, against Mayweather, who punches sharp, but he doesn't punch that hard, okay, um, that that's not going to be so much of a problem, I think, for Amir Khan. If he gets hit with shots he doesn't see, yes, that's always a problem when you get hit with shots that you don't see coming at you. Those are the ones that hurt, okay? But Amir Khan, Floyd Mayweather, May two thousand and fourteen. That looks like the fight. One hundred forty-seven pounds. We'll try to get Virgil Hunter, who trains both Andre Ward and Amir Khan, on the show in the next couple of weeks. Of course, Andre, one of the busiest guys in the business now. And I remember when he was he had a, he had a station wagon and he had Andre Ward pushing a station wagon around a a parking lot of a shopping center in Hayward, California. That's how they trained. That was old school training. They didn't have any money. They didn't have this high-tech gym or these high-tech training facilities in which they have now. This was back in the day. This is when he was a kid. But they had Andre Ward pushing a station wagon, I kid you not, around the parking lot in uh, in a shopping center in Hayward, California. That was part of the beginning of the young man, of course, that went on to win the Olympic gold medal and now the, Second best fighter, pound for pound in boxing, the undefeated world super middleweight champion. Of course, taking on Edwin Rodriguez next week on HBO Championship Boxing. Big move, I think, for Andre Ward, as you've seen him behind the mic of late, doing, uh, doing a pretty adequate job in breaking down fights, breaking down fighters. I don't think he's as good as, as Pauli Malignaggi. I think Malignaggi is probably the best announcer in boxing right now. I kid you not. He breaks down fights. He breaks down fighters. He sees styles. He sees flaws. Pauly sees it all. Pauly lets it go. I saw Pauly on a an international broadcast a few weeks ago. Um, and he was great at that. A card that wasn't that Showtime wasn't airing that he that he took part in uh for the international feed. He was great. He's a he's a great entertainer and a, a great, great announcer, and I wish him the very best of luck. Of course, he's taken on man, this is gonna be a pretty serious fight. He's taken on Zab Judah. Zab Judah in the Battle of Brooklyn. Of course, Zab's from one part of Brooklyn. Hey. Paul Nagy's from another part of Brooklyn. The Battle of the Brooklyn Boys. They're like the Bowery Boys. They're going to be hooking it up. Good fight. Coin toss as to who's going to win. You are tuned to Ring Talk live worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing this hour. The next hour we'll be talking MMA, the UFC. Of course, UFC 167 just six days away. George St. Pierre and Johnny Hendricks straight up. That is UFC 167, the main event. We'll be talking about that in hour number two the next hour on many of these same stations on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network don't forget you can catch us live at tunein.com sportsbyline.com rinktalk.com and of course live right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network oh,
2: down that
7: Are you an inventor? Or do you know an inventor who would like to attempt to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to industry? InventHelp, America's leading invention company, has inventors' information you can have free. InventHelp has been helping inventors since 1984, with sales offices located in more than 60 cities nationwide. Get free information of interest to new inventors from the company whose patent referrals have helped secure more than 7,000 patents. Even if you only have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll want this free inventor's information. It shows how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to industry. So call
3: now. Call InventHelp at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Get your free information by dialing 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. 1-800-316-1738.
7: call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free, confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Do you know which investment has tripled in price since the debt crisis and risen
3: an average 20% a year for 11 years? It's not stocks, not bonds. It's silver. And right now, We at Lear Capital believe silver is poised to hit new record highs. And we're making it easier to own than ever. For a limited time, new customers with $5,000 or more to invest in gold or silver can get up to 10 certified Morgan Silver Dollars absolutely free. That's right, up to 10 100-year-old Morgan Silver Dollars when you invest $5,000 or more. A $600 value free. This offer
7: is available for IRA accounts as well. Call right now, 800-631-9229, 800-631-9229, 800-631-9229. Call Lear Capital now, 800-631-9229.
0: Now more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
1: I don't want to to predict this fight, but you know, I'm going to promise that I, I can give a good fight, you know, to, to make people happy and uh, I I just do my best. You're tuned to Ring Talk live worldwide. You're inside looking at the world of boxing this hour on these sports byline broadcast network. And let me tell you about the website ringtalk.com. That's R I N G T A L K R-I-N-G-T-A-L-K, ringtalk.com. We've got last week's show between, with Janati Golovkin and the late Emmanuel Stewart, of course, the Hall of Famer, the boxing trainer, and, of course, HBO announcer in his last interview on Ring Talk Live Worldwide. He passed away about a year ago. We've got articles on the five most entertaining boxers today, an article on the five most boring boxers today, with which uh, Bernard Hopkins took exception to. Roberto Duran retires Carlos Palomino. And then we've got a story that I've dug up from the archives. That's right. Six-plus years since Diego Corrales' death. That's right, the good, the bad, the reality of Chico Corrales. Of course, the former champion from Sacramento, California. <sighs> Man, by way of Texas, he died in May of 2007 when a motorcycle accident he was involved in um, turned out to be fatal. I'll just put it to you like that. Bottom line is six-plus years now. This story is at ringtalk.com. Stay tuned on many of these same stations for the MMA hour of, of Ring Talk Live Worldwide on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Don't forget, we're here Saturdays and Sundays, separate shows, 11 a.m. Pacific time, Saturdays for an hour, and 11 a.m. Pacific time, Sundays for two hours, right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, the I Radio Network, and the American Forces Network. Until next time, keep your hands up, keep your chin down, but most importantly, keep that butt of yours off the canvas of life. So,
2: Salud.